Hello again, everyone, and welcome to your USCCA member-only content. I'm Kevin Michalowski, editor of Concealed Carry Magazine, and I'm here once again with noted criminal defense attorney Tom Grieve. And today, the topic is, what is bail and how does it work? Tom, you've been both a criminal defense attorney and a state prosecutor. People need to understand what the bail system is and how it works, so we'll give you five minutes to explain this. We're breaking this down into five-minute segments. Every element of a defensive gun use broken into a five-minute segment. So what is bail and how does it work? You got five minutes. You're on the clock. Okay. So first understand that from the moment that you get arrested or taken into custody at the police station, you are not automatically entitled to bail at that point in time. Mm -hmm. That may not happen for a couple of days. Check your local listings, but it's just an important thing to throw in there. Secondly, keep in mind that not every state may also have a bail requirement. So here in Wisconsin, everybody's entitled to bail of one type or another. Okay. Mm -hmm. But just keep in mind, again, that's another variable that we have. Broadly speaking, there's two different types of bail. All right, you have cash bail. This is what you think of when you think about bail. In other mm -hmm. words, you cannot leave the jail until X amount of dollars are posted. $10,000. The court says $10,000, $10,000. Okay. And that bail is to allow you to leave the jail, but to ensure that you come back. Correct. It's, it's theoretically in Wisconsin, at least, and again, check your local listings, but it's to assure the defendant's future appearance in court mm -hmm. per state law. So theoretically, again, this is not tied to protecting the public or anything of the sort. This is strictly a surety, a surety bond in essence, in order to get the defendant to come back to court, otherwise they forfeit the money. Yep. So if the court says $5,000 cash, $5,000 cash, $100,000 cash, $100,000 cash. Now the one exception to this, uh, to my knowledge, are Broadly speaking, in states where you only have to post a percentage, and certain states you do have that, you know, if they say a million dollars, maybe you only have to post 10%. You can also yeah. see this with bail bondsman states, which Wisconsin is not a bail bondsman state, but many states do have bail bondsmen. In other words, you may be able to post a certain percentage of that with the bail bondsman company. They'll take care of whatever they need to take care of. And in essence, you've engaged in a commercial agreement with them for services, and now you're out. Okay. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, back to the original. You've got cash bail, uh, and that can be posted generally with either cash or maybe a credit card. I'm not aware of any places that take a, a check or cashier's card or your cashier's uh, check, at least not here in Wisconsin we do we see okay. that. And oftentimes not every jail will even accept a credit card or debit card. And if they do, it may only be by 5 o'clock because, you know what, that's when Karen goes home and she's the cashier at the sheriff's department who knows, she knows how, how to, to run the credit card machine. Right. It, yeah. it really may be that that could be it, yeah. okay? So keep in mind that you've got variables like that in there. Um, otherwise, the other type of bond is called the signature bond. Uh, maybe it's known in your state as personal recognizance bond, but whatever it might be, this is basically more of a contractual agreement that you're entering into with the particular county or state that you're charged in. So for instance, they may say a $10,000 signature bond. You may not have to post, subject to state law, a nickel of that. However, you are signing an agreement whereby you are following the terms and conditions on that agreement. Otherwise, multiple things can happen. They can sue you for the $10,000 if that was $10,000, and they can get a judgment against you and possibly garnish wages, levy a lien, and so forth. Okay, so um, And then broadly, now this is what happens on either cash bond or signature bond if you violate. They can issue a warrant for your arrest. So if you don't show up at court, or if they say have no contact with so-and-so, or here's a common one in self-defense cases, which it rankles a lot of feathers. I'm not defending it, but it is what it is. No possession of firearms or deadly weapons. Okay, very common bail condition in uh, in any kind of firearm or self-defense case. Okay, yeah. um, 
if they see you, okay, somehow, some way, as being in possession of a firearm, again, they can issue a warrant for your arrest. They can revoke the bail, revoke and forfeit the bail potentially. So if you posted ten thousand dollars, that could gone. be gone. Yep. That could be gone. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and you start over at zero. And by the way, it won't be ten thousand again. It'll be fifty thousand next time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then also they can then charge you with a new crime. In Wisconsin, it's known as bail jumping. Basically that you jumped bail, that yeah. you violated the terms and conditions of your bail agreement somehow. Mm -hmm. So if you're on a misdemeanor bail, then typically the the charge for violating misdemeanor bail is a misdemeanor bail jumping. Mm -hmm. And likewise on felonies, you'll typically see a corresponding felony level bail jumping. So you're looking at the the overall rules of your bail. And if you don't follow those rules, even if you do show up for court, but if you don't follow those rules in the time when you're out, you're going to forfeit that bail and you're probably going to catch another charge if you've already been charged with a crime. And I'm assuming that you've been charged with this crime. That's why they're they're issuing the bail so that they can let you out of jail while the, the rest of the case is pending. Right. And, and the problem with that, of course, is that even let's say that the underlying charge is defensible, right? Mm -hmm. Your self-defense case is defensible. Okay. The fact that you were seen on video at a shooting range two days after you signed your bail may not be defensible. Yeah. Meaning that, look, if you use a gun in self-defense, you're inevitably facing felony charges. You're now on felony bail. There may not be a way to get you out of a felony conviction at that point. You got to be smart about bail. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you very much for being here. Look at that. We hit five minutes right on the head with just a basic overview of bail, what it is and how it works. Folks, I want to remind you that this is not legal advice. This is just getting you started at the top of the funnel so you understand what it takes to become a responsibly armed citizen. Lots of things are going to happen if you're involved in a defensive gun use. We're taking them step by step, breaking them down into five-minute segments so that you can begin to understand. It's going to be your responsibility to know your local laws, follow them, and make sure that you have a plan before any of this stuff unfolds in front of you. The aftermath of a shooting can be just as bad as the shooting itself. I'm Kevin Michalowski, editor of Concealed Carry Magazine. I want to thank Tom Grieve for being here, helping us out. This has been your member-only content, a special service we provide to our USCCA members. Thank you for watching.